E-commerce isn't just an aspect of growing a successful wine business, it is crucial. And that's why I strongly recommend working with Offset Partners. As a proudly independent e-commerce technology and brand design company based in wine country, Offset understands the operational nuances and the customer service imperatives that distinguish a great online buying experience from a mediocre one. And that's why leading and legendary brands like Saxum, Arnott Roberts, and Kermit Lynch Wine Merchant choose Offset's proprietary commerce technology platform to power their DTC sales. If you're an allocated winery or a high-touch merchant that values an elegant, effective commerce solution for both you, your customers, and your team, reach out to the smart team at offsetpartners.com. That's O-F-F-S-E-T, partners with an S, dot com, to craft a better direct-to-consumer experience. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Frederic Lafarge of Domaine Michel Lafarge on the show. Hello, sir. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Very nice to welcome you here. So you were born in 1958. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and uh, my grandfather is a very uh, early for selling. It's the first uh, domain for selling his wine uh, in bottle. He began the first vintage in bottles, uh, vintage uh, 1934. And we just bottle for the, the family uh, begin of the 20th century. And we have the old bottle of the domain is a 1904. And so the sellers date back to the 13th century, the sellers that you work in today? The old cellars was built in the 13th century. And, and the old cellar was, uh, was built in the uh, 19th and 18th century. And uh, my father built a new cellar in uh, 1974. And we built with my father a new cellar uh, in 1987. And how big was the domain at that time in terms of hectare? When uh, I arrived in 78, uh, we have uh, 9.5 hectares. And, uh, I was an uh, opportunity to buy the Pomar Pedrol uh, in uh, 85, yes, and in uh, uh, 1990, I bought a parcel of Village and parcel of Bourgogne Pinot Noir. And after, uh, we have, I have the opportunity to buy uh, the Volney Caira in 2000. And in 2005, I bought a parcel of Mitan and the parcel of Bone Lisecro. So let's talk about the different parcels of the domain. So you have Bourgogne Rouge, which is a single parcel. Yes. The parcel is, was located uh, between the Volnay and the Road 74. It's the first uh, terroir of Bourgogne just after the Volnay. So we have a, a lot of elegance, a charm, but with a silky, very round tannin. It's a very good terroir for Bourgogne Pinot Noir. The tannin for Bourgogne open uh, more quickly than the Volnay village. And then for Volnay village, it's a mix of uh, at least four different parcels. Four parcels, and uh, we bought two uh, Volnay village. 
different style of the terroir. Donc, we, the Vonnet village, the terroir uh, near each uh, part of Vonnet, near Meursault and near Poma, and this uh, terroir give Vonnet very Vonnet, with a lot of elegance, a lot of charm, and uh, they give Vonnet uh, very, uh, uh, very elegant. And we have the Vonnet Vendant Chilexonné, the great terroir of Vonnet Village in the middle of uh, Vonnet Appellation, just under the Premier Cru. And this terroir gives Vonnet with a very good potential for keeping, more complexity, and it's necessary to wait uh, more uh, time for open the bottle. And it's, uh, the two cure, style of Cure Vonnet is a complete. complete. It's one of the few times you really do assemblage between different parcels, yes. right? Yes, and we, we made Vendant Chilexonné, the third vintage is uh, uh, 1988. And we don't produce in 2012 because we have a small, small quantity in 2016 because we have just one uh, vat of, uh, of Vonnet with uh, all the person. From example, uh, we lost in 16 with a frost uh, 65% of the quantity. And it's uh, very important for the village appellation and the regional appellation. So in general, Volnay faces east, right? Mm. The vineyards? Yeah. And so how would you talk about Volnay as a village? What are the characteristics of the vineyards of Volnay in general? We, we are lucky because we are very uh, different terroir in a small uh, part. And we are lucky because all around the village, we have many, many clos. And because the uh, particularity of the terroir is a very, each clos has a very particular terroir. For example, for the clos du Château des Ducs, is a very elegant and deep Vonnet because we have a clay uh, more brown. We don't have uh, iron. We have a uh, lot of little stone. And after the 35 centimeters of uh, soil, we have uh, 25 centimeters of uh, little stone. And after, we have the limestone rock. And we, we have very uh, Vonnet with a lot for the Chateau des Ducs from the, a lot of distinction with a very very silky tannin very deep tannin yeah. and the potential of uh, for keeping is the same for the Claudichien or the Cairet at, but we we can drink uh, often uh, than Claudichien uh, the uh, wine open before and that's the vineyard that's right next to the cellar yes and it seems somewhat protected by buildings in a way like it's a little bit enclosed the Clochadouc is a garden of the domain, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You did replants in that vineyard vine by vine, right? When in possibility, yes. We, and uh, <coughs> for Clochadouc, we have uh, a little part uh, was planted in 2000. And we have uh, a selection massale of the domain uh, for the four uh, uh, cépages in an old vine and a very old family selection is very, very important for me to conserve the selection massale of the domain for each cépage. That's something your dad really believed in as opposed to clones. Yes, but we don't have a clone in the domain. We plant just the massale of the domain. It's a very good adaptation of the terroir of Venet and for the style of the family, I think. I think so too. That seems like the secret weapon of Lafarge. And this section uh, begin by my father, my grandfather, my great grandfather, and we and love the selection for the Pinot Noir. The uh, vine was planted by my father in '52, uh, and it's a selection of the old vine of my grandfather before. It's interesting to think about that because you wonder sometimes if you had a different family selection if then maybe you would use more stems or something like that because you guys completely de-stem and yeah. you wonder sometimes if it's a winemaking choice or if it's a family vine choice mm -hmm. 
We have the transmission of the heat generation in the domain for the selection of the Pinot, of the Chardonnay. And for me, it's very important. We have the effect of the, of the man and it's his history of the domain and the history of the each man in the domain. Yes, it's, and we have the, in the, in the wine, it's the same. Yes. For me, we have the style of the main and each generation apports the personality of the wine. It's fabulous. <laughs> so when you open older bottles, because you have some, um, do you see the personality of your dad and grandfather and the winemaking? Like, can you read in that way the, their personalities in the wines? Mm -hmm. In November, for the birth of my father, we, we drank Vanille Chêne 28. So the birth of my father, he was born in 28, and it's a very great vintage. And uh, the we open the bottle four hours before, we just in cellar, uh, with, uh, we put the cork. And after we, uh, when we, we drink, it's very good, but after one hour in the glass, and it's better, better, and better. And the wine has a good energy, and a very good uh, tannin, but we have the age, but we have a, a good persistence, and it's, uh, it's fabulous. And we speak with my father and with my, my children, uh, for the history of the domain, how the great grandfather winemaking, the possibility uh, for the winemaking at the period, and it's very, very interesting and very uh, sentimental and uh, transmission from the history of the domain. Working with different equipment, maybe there was a little bit of a different technique back in the 20s. And also that's before Mallow was discovered. So right, before Mallow, yes. Uh, they know the Mallow Lactic, uh, the kind of Mallow Lactic arrived from at the end of the 50. The first vintage is a very, uh, Mallow Lactic very controlled is a 59. And before they know you have another fermentation, but don't have the possibility for control. And don't, it's uh, very uh, aleatoire, but they have very good uh, sensibility. And they have, uh, the old vine, we have very, uh, artistic method because they, they have sensibility and they have the good uh, intuition for walking. And so uh, I think for me, the winemaking today, it's uh, very important to, to keep the, this intuition from the vintage, from the, our, from the savoir-faire. And, uh, from, we, we speak with my father, uh, from the wine from the beginning of the 20th century and, uh, my great uh, grandfather uh, distems uh, the vintage uh, in the 19th century by hand. And since uh, 15, uh, we, we try with uh, distem by hand with a table uh, distem in uh, wicker. Yes. And uh, it's very, we try a little uh, cuvée in a Bourgogne Pastoral exception in uh, 15. We made uh, this time by hand and we winemaking uh, uh, all uh, no with uh, modern material we no pump uh, and we press uh, with a verti little vertical press so no material modern material no electric material and the, with the same grapes uh, wine uh, is uh, very different and uh, it's very very interesting uh, we we speak with uh, Chantal with my father with Clotilde, and uh, we for the 16 we distem by hand all the Clos du Château des Ducs. 
and we it's a very very soft we for this mayan we we roll the grapes and it's a very soft we can try in the same time but uh, we have the energy of the end and it's a very good uh, and the beans is intact and uh, fall up very very slowly in the vat and we have very regular fermentation and i think we have a very very uh, silky very elegant tannin And uh, at, uh, my great grandfather, it's not uh, in wicker, it's uh, in wood. And the first uh, distimer mechanic arrived uh, in the beginning of the middle of the 20. My father said, yes, it's very interesting. And the energy of the hand, I think, is very, very important for the winemaking too. Because the 2015 pasta ground from you is very good. Yes, very good. Yes. I enjoy it. I mean, uh, I enjoy it all the time, but time. Yes. it was nice wine. This one. Mm-hmm. In terms of taste difference, do you think you're going to see a difference with the Volnay if you do hand to stemming? You know, now the 16 is quite young, but when it was, it was young, yes, we we say often, but uh, we try and we we. It's very very important to have a new idea and to have uh, own uh, the different method. Does the stem come out differently when you do it by hand? Oh, we roll, we roll the grapes very very soft and uh, with good maturity the the beans uh, fall up very slowly and after we put on the stem sure it's like a medio pepe you do it over a great oui, oui, yes oui, oui. so do you see other differences from the 15s the 20s 19 early 20th century do you see other differences in terms of the equipment and technique they would have it's had? it's difficult now for compare uh, and we don't we it's not possible and we we have just a few bottles of the beginning of the 20th century and uh, it's not possible to compare the effect of the material and uh, it vitale is very different uh, i can understand And when my father was young, in the winery, they have the clay for distilling by hand in wood. They don't use, but he see uh, in, the, in the winery, yes, with his young. It's amazing that it came full circle like that. Yes. It's so long ago that your dad barely remembers, but now it's again. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> so you make two crews that are actually quite different than each other, I think, the Miton and the Kaire. And, and they're both recent purchases by you, but they're, I think, very different crews in Volnay. I think Miton is a, a lot of a very charming uh, premier cru, and the, the soil is very brown, not iron, and very uh, distinguished soil, and we have a very, very, the wine is very distinguished Volnay with uh, a lot of charm and very uh, silky tannin. Ouais. And uh, I love Miton. It's a little, but it's a Volnay with very good personality. And uh, Likaire, it's a very great terroir of Volnay, very homogeneous terroir, and we have uh, always very good minerality. And it's the name Likaire because uh, the limestone rock uh, transparent in the, in the wine. Uh, all the year, you have the minerality in the mouth, and uh, it's a fabulous uh, Volnay for, uh, for keeping, for aging. Because you make them essentially the same way in terms of the winemaking. It's pretty similar. Oh, yes, it's a de-stemmed. That is the effect of the terroir. We adapt the winemaking in the each vintage uh, for the quality of the vintage, the maturity, like uh, different, but it's the same vintage for the premier cru. The, mat- the winemaking is uh, it's the same. Yeah. 
So it really allows you to see the, the crew difference. But in the two different vintage, it's different, yes. But uh, the same vintage uh, is the same uh, when making for the old uh, the terroir in Pomicro, yes. So over some some of the recent vintages, which have been so challenging, you had three vintages of hail, a very good 15 vintage, and then a very challenging 16 vintage because of frost. And then, of course, there was the vintages before that. But how does the winemaking adjust and across that time? Because there's such differences. The most important effect is uh, after uh, 2003, before 2003, for the, it's very easy for uh, the debt for beginning the harvest because uh, when we, we know the vine, uh, do after the flower, we say we have uh, between uh, 100 days between the middle of flower, uh, 90 days at the end of flower, and we have uh, one week for beginning the harvest, and all the vintage we are in this uh, one week. But after uh, 2003, it's different. It's possible to have a more uh, long, not uh, 100 days after middle of the flower. It's uh, more long or more shorter. And it, it's necessary to have a, a very uh, facility with a picker for the decided uh, date of uh, harvest uh, just uh, one week or uh, before the harvest. And it's more complex, but it's very, very important. And is changement, global warming or changement climatique uh, necessary to have this uh, very, very disponibility from the, the pickers for me. So the real challenge is to decide when harvest starts. Yes. And for example, for 2014, it's a very long. We have 115 days after the middle of flowers. It's a very long cycle for the vine, yes. Because usually it's 100 days. Yes. And 15, we have 90 days between the middle of flowers. And do you find it different for different producers in the Volnay village, or is everyone harvesting about the same time? In Volnay, we have uh, not a lot of difference. Yes, in uh, white, you have more uh, difference uh, for the beginning of the harvest. In Volnay, we have little difference, but not uh, a lot. And then uh, one of the vineyards you're most famous for is the Clos de Chêne. So what's the style of that vineyard to work? I think uh, our parcel of Clos de Chêne is very, very uh, particular terroir because uh, we have the, the first parcel of Clodichain uh, after the Taipier and in the middle of our parcel of Clodichain we have the changement Caire uh, and Champagne. Donc we have uh, our parcel in Clodichain is the cross of the uh, four premier cru of Volnay and we have a very very important potential and a very uh, generous and a great great terroir. Right. And all uh, the vintage, uh, our Clodichen is a very uh, masculine wine with a very good uh, tannin and good uh, potential. It's necessary to wait uh, a long time, yes. And I think it's uh, the cross is very important, the cross of the four uh, Promicrovone. Yes, it's a particularly uh, terroir. That's amazing, actually. I didn't realize that. Uh, yes. I, I feel like there's a special quality when you're standing kind of there in terms of how the air feels it, it feels uh like the wind comes 
pretty yes. present. Other for the wind, the uh, is the Claude du Château des Ducs is very very protected by his uh, bâtiment and is uh, the terroir the first uh, parcel with maturity, the more precocious parcel is the Claude du Château des Ducs is very protected uh, all the the wind. And uh, in uh, 16, is uh, Claude du Château des Ducs have uh, no problem with frost. Uh, uh, we have a, a very good uh, weather because it's very protected and very uh, warm. Uh, in spring and uh, we have no problem with force and the harvest was uh, splendid. Marvelous. But Clodichen is more in the open. Clodichen more, yes, more open and we, we don't have, we have a little uh, problem with frost, not important, but uh, a little. We not have the same uh, beautiful uh, quantity of the Claude Chateau Duc. So do you feel that it has kind of a quality of each of the premier crews in the way that it is? Like in the Claude Chen, do you feel it has uh, attributes of all the different premier crews as it's sort of in the middle of them? Or Yes, because we have a mini Claude Chen uh, uh, under the, the little road and it's, uh, the clay is more wife and it's a Claude Chen with uh, more structure, with a tannin, uh, with more uh, austerity, with more uh, fermeté. Yes, it's different. But the bond of Claude Chain uh, between the road uh, 74 and the little uh, little road is a very uh, clay, very, very uh, red with a lot of fine one. And it's a very uh, Claude Chain with very good uh, expression, very generous condition. So it really depends on where you are in Claude Chain. Yes, it depends, it depends where you are. Right. So how many parcels of Claude Chain do you have? We have just one parcel, uh, one hectare in the, the same terroir. Yes. Our collection is very wet soil. Uh, yes, is uh, oui. So you could potentially have somebody else's collection and be pretty different wine. Yes, from the terroir. So when you do winemaking on the the reds, the pomar, the bone, the two bone, and then uh, the volnais, in general, it's destemmed. It's indigenous yeast. You don't inoculate mallow. You do pneumatic pressing, and you usually leave it about eighteen months in wood. Right. Is that about right for Pinot Noir? We we distem because uh, when we try, uh, we have a little stem. We have not the same uh, purity and the same distinction in the wine. And for our steel and in our terroir, we prefer distem. But uh, for me, it's very, very important to taste uh, before harvest the, the grapes. And we have the analytic uh, for the decide the harvest, but we have always the testing of the grapes, and it's uh, very very important because we with the testing grapes we we have the, all the sensation for the the vintage, and we can uh, imagine how you wine making because you have the different taste uh, uh, the flower and the uh, tannin in the different premier cru and for me uh, I with my father my wife uh, we we taste together uh, uh, very often for and we we decide uh, it's very important for decide uh, the date of the harvest to to taste the grapes it's uh, <laughs> and during the harvest I taste the grapes too during the harvest because it's um, we imagine uh, all uh, and we have a lot of idea of the vintage so has it changed what you're looking for when you pick when to harvest? We yes, not it's an, uh, many times it's a Claude du Château des Ducs for beginning, but after it depends. Uh, it's possible uh, bone before Claude Chien, or it depends uh, of the vintage. Huh? We we taste and we 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 uh, so the maturity and yes, 
and we have uh, one vintage 07. We pick uh, the red and we stop uh, the, the harvest and we pick the white uh, one week after because we have a different maturity between Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And uh, it's not uh, simple for the picker, but for the quality, it's the top. For, uh, yes. And it's uh, experience, new, it's just uh, this vintage because it's necessary for uh, adapt at the difference maturity between Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And it's, uh, it's a decision very rare, but uh, like, it's... Uh, because usually you'd pick uh, Chardonnay before Pinot. Uh, no, we pop before uh, in, the, in the middle, during the... Right. But 07 was a real silky year very often. Very in, often, yes. In Burgundy, the reds are very silky. And silky, and because but Volnay is very early for the maturity, and uh, it's uh, Chardonnay, it depends, but uh, it's, uh, I think, just one vintage in uh, 76, we began uh, with the Chardonnay, with Marceau. It's uh, only vintage. That's amazing. <laughs> but I guess that's why they're uh, such great crews, is that they ripen, right? Yes. Because yeah. that's the challenge often. <laughs> exactly. It's to get things ripe, right? So then the grapes come into the winery, and uh, so you, you de-stem, and you use native yeast, and you don't inoculate mallow. Right. Never. We don't use uh, yeast. Uh, never. My my father worked with the yeast natural uh Always, yes. And with this time, and after the malolactic, it depends. Uh, normally, uh, the malolactic is uh, next spring, between uh, February to, uh, to April. Yeah. And uh, we love, we love have a moment of uh, aging uh, after ferment uh, alcoholic fermentation during uh, in a, a barrels and the malolactic a uh, few months after. So it usually overwinters the yes. mallow. We have two cuvées in uh, 2005. The malolactic was uh, in the, after the harvest uh, 2006, and uh, we have the place for two uh, harvests in barrel. And for no, it's not a problem if the mallow is very very long. So, did you see a difference with those, the ones that took longer? Did you see a difference in the taste? No, uh, I don't uh, leave the, uh, very quickly malolactic. But uh, when it's malolactic effective uh, in the spring or in summer, uh, it's not a problem. It's uh, not different of the style. But uh, I, I prefer uh, malolactic. And in 2015, uh, the malolactic is uh, begin in January. It's uh, early, but uh, it's uh, we have a very, very little malic, so it's malolactic, very, very soft. We don't change the balance uh, of the wine because the maturity is perfect. And uh, with the summer very hot, we have a very, very little malic. Uh, perhaps for this reason, the malolactic began very uh, often. And the cuvisson is, uh, how long is the cuvisson generally? It uh, depends between uh, 13 to 20 days. It depends on the vintage and the, the, fermentation, the type of the fermentation. But uh, when the fermentation is finished, uh, we don't uh, less without fermentation. And we, we taste the, the juice all the day for decide when we stop the, the maturation. Hmm. It's very interesting to taste uh, with uh, with the family and uh, the people working in the domain the, the, the juice and the wine uh, young. Uh, it's uh, very important for the uh, human uh, project. What are you looking for when you do that? The best uh, balance. We're looking. It's a, the, a great a great wine is uh, the balance. Uh, it's not the, uh, very, uh, all the extraction, but the balance between all the characters. 
does it tend to be that the cuvissons are shorter in warm years? We yes, uh, we I love uh, to have uh, the temperature uh, uh, 30, 31 degree, and uh, for me it's very important to have uh, equipment uh, for colder uh, in the vat when it's necessary. And if you have equipment more easy, you adjust a push a button, you don't have the same reflection and it's very easy to push the button. But if you put the fresh in the vat, you put the decision, it's necessary or not. And for me, it's very important to put this decision uh, and you don't, if you, you were making a little quantity, a, a big uh, normal vintage, we were making uh, 500 hectoliters, so it's not a lot in red donc uh, it's uh, to take this decision for me it's very, very important if you have uh, more facility you use very uh, easy that's an amazing comment i never really yes. heard that before uh, right that's a very thoughtful way to approach it yes but uh, i love to have uh, in pinot noir uh, 30 31 degrees centigrade for the fermentation so do you see a difference from when you've had to use the the cooling and not in terms of the taste and from the vintage? But when uh, we have a lot of vintage, uh, 2012, 13, 14, 15, uh, it's not necessary to use cooling because uh, we have a perfect fermentation and, uh, and it's not uh, necessary the perfect temperature and uh, it's, uh, it's a fabulous, it's a, a traditional winemaking. And, uh, and I think it, for me it's very important for the purity when you distill and you de- to have uh, no crush uh, the beans, the beans are more intact in the vat and for the purity and the beginning very, very regular of the fermentation is uh, very important. Don't crush the beans uh, after distilling. Because you do whole berry ferments, but without the stem. Yes, and we have, after the steaming, we have a, a little, little juice, but uh, in, the, uh, in the vat. And after, when fermentation uh, begins, we have more juice, but uh, beginning uh, just the beans more intact. It's, for me, it's very, very important. That's the key. I don't think the wines would taste anything the same if you crushed the berries. Before... Uh, 20 years, 30 years ago, it's more difficult with a distemmer to have, a, we have a little crush. But now we have a distemmer very, very soft and we have a, a tapis for put the, in the vat and it's very, very soft. So do you see a difference then from like the 80s or 70s when there yes. was a little crush? You see, you, you can taste the difference? Yes, we, we can taste and for the purity, for the elegance, for the clarification, for the wine is very, very important. To not, to not crush. Yes. But in terms of the difference between a 13-day Cuvisson and a 20-day Cuvisson, do you sense a difference in the texture of the wine? It's uh, in the, adapt in the vintage. Look, uh, vintage is necessary to have uh, uh, 20 days, and uh, in vintage, uh, as a 2003, uh, 13 days is necess- it's, uh, very good because we have very good potential in the grapes, and it's uh, not necessary to have a very extraction more important. It's uh, the balance and the potential of the grapes. And what about the leaves for red? Um, how long do you leave it on the gross leaves? For example, for 2015, we rack begin of September after, uh, before the harvest. Uh, yeah. And we just uh, put the big, uh, the more list, but all the leaves uh, very soft, very thin, we, we less uh, for the second part of the aging. Yes. You leave the fine leaves in. Fine, yes. 
And after when we arrive uh, at Butling, after the second winter, uh, we have uh, just uh, uh, one uh, half liter uh, of uh, wine uh, trouble in the, at the end of the barrel. Yes, and it's a very important, the second winter in aging, in barrel, the, the wine in, a, in a complexity and in a dimension during the second winter for red and for the white. It takes that extra aging to really yes. become what it is. And so you ferment in barrel and you age in barrel? or For the white? Oh, uh, red. No, no, in red we ferment in a vat uh, between, uh, but it depends, uh, open, uh, vat in wood for the little uh, uh, continent between uh, 15 hectoliters to 20 hectoliters we have in uh, wood vat. And for the 30 hectoliters and 50 hectoliters we have in a concrete vat. I see. That makes perfect sense. But no inox uh, for fermenting because we we love um, to have uh, that with uh, inertia thermic. We, we keep the, the warm. And when the, the, fa the fermentation slowly, we keep the temperature. It's very important to keep a natural temperature. So what you're saying is that in some of the premier crews, you have less than half a hectare. So you mm -hmm. have a, a, like about 0 0.3, 0 0.4 of a hectare yes. for some of the crews. And then for the other crews, you have closer to a hectare. Mm -hmm. And for the crews that are closer to a hectare, you age those in concrete. Yes. But the ones that are smaller, you age in, in wood. In wood, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You Maybe ferment, for the little, you ferment. For, ferment, for fermenting, yes. Uh, all the little quantity is in wood. So it's the best uh, inertia thermic in wood for the end of the fermentation. And uh, in inox, uh, the other fermentation, the change of temperature is very quickly and it, it's necessary to, uh, to interventionally for um, uh, keep the, the temperature. So you avoid stainless steel. But we steel. prefer the natural temperature. And it's because of, of that concern for natural temperature that you're already talking about that causes you to avoid stainless steel. Right, yes. You like natural temperature ferments. Right. Yes, exactly. It's we probably are. also helpful to have a 13th century cellar for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your cellar's on multiple levels, so I imagine in terms of that's a disinclination to move the wine around a lot. Like it's probably the inclination is to let it sit there for a while without moving it. So how many times do you rack? Just you one time, and after the racking, uh, for boating. I see. The wine uh, are in barrel, uh, and before bottling, we, we rack and we bottle in uh, after. We rack uh, all, the, all the barrel and we, we bottle. So we have just one operation for the wine. And uh, we, I love uh, bottling in uh, April because it's a spring and it's a good uh, harmony of temperature between uh, inside and outside and it's very soft uh, for the wine. It's a good period. In winter, I say the wine is uh, very good in a barrel and, and it's, uh, it's not uh, envy for, for bottling. Yes, but uh, so March for the white, I love, and April for the red. Why do I know that? Is that common in the area? Oh well, no, many people uh, uh, bottling uh, before, but uh, for me, it's a good moment, uh, the best period for the for the wine. You use a pneumatic press, but do you tend to use the press juice or just the free run? Or? You, but we use uh, pneumatic press in Volnay, yes, since a uh, long time, since nineties uh, ninety three. And uh, in Fleury, we use uh, all the vertical press. 
and it's vertical press in red is very, very good because it's a very, very soft. And we have uh, just uh, light oxygenation uh, for the wine uh, and the clarification is uh, very, very, very good. Have you ever thought about using a vertical press for Volnay or? But if I have the possibility to have another vertical press uh, at Volnay, I think. But in Florida, it's uh, all vertical press with uh, hydraulic. It's uh, the material uh, that of the at the end of the 40 and beginning of the 50. But it's very, very soft and we, we pump and we, we have the wood. And after we around and we pump with a hydraulic press by hand, and we is very very soft, and we press in two two hours. Well, yes, and it's very very good, and for the the clarification for the purity, it's very very important. But it's difficult to have this this press now, and we don't have this press in new now. Don't exist. But it was there because what happened was when you started the Fleury project, you bought a cellar, a different cellar down there. Yes. We were the posi- the lucky for uh, buy an old press. Uh, yes, it's a good opportunity. So do you tend to use press wine or do you just use free-run juice? Uh, no, no, we use uh, press wine, uh, just uh, the first press wine, it's uh, very soft and we we just press one time and we put in the cuvee, we, we taste and we have a very good clarification it's, uh, and good purity, not a lot of tannin and, and we have a filtration with, uh, with the grapes because we it's a round and one uh, meter and ten centimeters of, uh, of grapes and after we, we push very, very soft. Also for Volnay, do you use press wine or no? Uh, no, because we don't have press and it's difficult to have uh, this press. But if you have an opportunity, uh, why not? <laughs> so you had worked with Gamay for a long time because you made a Pastegrain, which was half yes. Gamay, half Pinot Noir. Yes. Pastegrain, uh, l'exception, it's a very old vine. Uh, the vine has uh, 98 years old now. And uh, this wine is a complanted, 50% Pinot, 50% Gamay. And with the complantation, the blend of the two cépages, we have the same maturity in the same time for the two cépages. But, and uh, the name Pastugrain is uh, for this reason, because for the old generation, is they know that we blend the cépages and we have the same maturity. But uh, during the 20th century, the people plant a part of Pinot and a part of Gamay. And now, if you separate the part of Gamay, you, uh, the maturity of part of Gamay is before the early than the part of Pinot. But uh, together, we have the same maturity at the same time. It's a harmonization of the cépage and it's a fabulous. I think it passes the information by his, uh, the roots. That's pretty amazing, really. Yes, amazing. Oh, yes. Oh, it's uh, fabulous. And the uh, gamay uh, gives uh, the fruit, uh, the croquant in the, the pastura, and the uh, pinot noir gives the complexity. And the terroir is a uh, uh, terroir very uh, sableux, uh, graveleux, and we don't have clay and we don't have uh, limestone. And it's very good for the competition uh, pinot and gamay. And we, we name uh, l'exception too for this qualitative reason, because the vine was planted by my grandfather in 28. And uh, we name l'exception for the historic reason, because when my grandfather 
began to sell his wine in bottle, he began with two wines, the Volney Clodichen and the Bourgogne Pasteurin for this parcel was young. And since 34, all the vintage was selling and bottling in the domain. And in homage of my grandfather, we named l'exception because he's exceptionally historique. At times, there have been two Passa de Grand from Lafarge, right? Because I've seen exception and not exception. I've yes, but uh, this Wavenos uh, Passa, which is old too, and uh, since a little quantity, uh, we've made just l'exception in, uh, since 2012. I see. So before that, there were two bottlings for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so that must be interesting to have worked with Gamay like that, but Gamay that was ripening at the same time as Pinot and that had that kind of communication. And then And then, as you did in 2014, purchase a parcels in Fleury and Chirobe yes. that you're working with Gamay again, but in a very different terroir. Exactly. Because in Fleury, uh, it's a granite, which is very different than the calcaire in Volnay. And we have a Gamay, another cépage uh, different. And we, we see the, the Gamay is necessary to have a very uh, precision for uh, all the work. Uh, it's, uh, calcaire is more easy, is more. Uh, easy because calcare tampon uh, voilà. but the granite is very very uh, precise and uh, it's uh, very different for plowing for all the intervention it's very for granite it's necessary to have uh, very very soft yes. and the uh, alliance uh, with uh, gamay uh, on granite is uh, fabulous and uh, we we have a convergence uh, all of, with the uh, wine Yes, I think it's a gamay of granite. We have very great wine with good potential and very good energy and a very uh, good balance. And we see the biodynamic population uh, have an effect very quickly on the granite soil is uh, more quickly than the calcaire uh, because the reaction of the granite is very, very quickly. And for the vine and the grapes and the, the purity of the grapes is uh, very, very uh, important. That's amazing when you think about amazing, it. Amazing, yes. Because there are a lot of biodynamic producers yes. in Beaujolais. Right, yes. And then when you realize that it happens quicker in granite. Exactly. I know. We are, we are very happy and it's a, a good opportunity and it's complete our work in, uh, in Volnay and it's a, it's, a, it's a good project and it's very important to, to create with uh, my wife, uh, Chantal, uh, a new domain. It's uh, It's a good experience, it's a very good motivation, and for the children, it's a very, very uh, good motivation. So that's called Lafarge Vial. Yes, because uh, bah, it's the two names. Uh, Vial is the name uh, of Chantal uh, before wedding and my name. And the first vintage of that was 2014. 2014, yes, exactly. And then in between that, you added more Fleury, because originally it was about 2.2 hectare, and then now it's more. In 14, yes, we have uh, two hectare uh, five, yes, and we have the other vine uh, after the harvest uh, 14, and in 15, we have uh, four hectare, and uh, in 15, we have a new parcel in Fleury, and we have in Fermage a parcel in Côte de Brouilly, and we have uh, five hectare five. Yes, and it's, uh, it's good. So how do you see the difference between Fleury, Côte de Brouille, and Chirobe generally? 
Fleury is the most uh, elegant cruiser of Beaujolais uh, with a lot of finesse, uh, the charming uh, cru. The Chirouble is a very uh, easy, the charm, the, the fruit, uh, very uh, uh, enjoy the, the wine. And the Côte de Brouillet is a more serious uh, with the potential is a granite with a, a fleuris with a pink granite or quad granite for Clovernet. But and in uh, Côte de Brouillet is a granite with a bla, uh, blue uh, blue stone. Uh, on this in, and it's a wine with a very good tannin, very complete wine, and uh, rich and uh, uh, elegant and uh, distinguished. And the Fleury, some of the parcels are a little closer to Moulin Avant? Yes, uh, of the first lobe of Fleury is a Clovernet. On the, is a parcel is a claw of one hectare three, and we have a one hectare of wood around. It's a, uh, a claw with a lot of serenity, and the, the soil is a granite and quartz, and we have a wine with a very good tannin and a very uh, mineral tannin, good minerality in the wine. So far, that's my favorite one. Fine, fine. Yes, 15, it's a, it's a delicious. Delicious. And La Joie du Palais is a different. The name is a dream name for a wine because the joys of the palette, because it's a fleury with a lot of charm, with a very uh, silky, very round tannin, and with good potential, complexity, but very uh, easy and a complete uh, wine. The Vernet you aged in Demimweed. Look, from the Clovernet, we age in a, a big a food of 30 hectoliters in wood. Before, this food has a 10 millésime, 10 vintage in white, uh, in Bouzeron, in Pierre de Benoît. And uh, for the other parcel, we have a middle in a big barrel of 350 liters and middle in a pièce uh, barrel of Volnay. But uh, no New Oak, because uh, New Oak is a more, uh, from the gamay, is a dominant of the wine. New oak is uh, is too too much. But you're using some whole cluster. Yes, and we have a part of whole cluster. Yes, and in fifteen we have uh, different cuvées, the uh, fifteen to twenty five percent of whole cluster, and for the sixteen we have uh, between uh, ten to fifteen uh, percent. So that's interesting because you always destem the Volnay, but here you're using yes, a percentage. but it's different. The, the stem of uh, Gamay is very, very soft with very good maturity, and she she has uh, a côté very uh, more elegant in the very uh, very soft. And uh, when we have a perfect grapes, it's important to have an intact uh, grape with stem uh, in the vat. When we we taste the, the grapes, it's not uh, acidity. It's a grape very, very soft. It's uh, but uh, it's necessary to have uh, all perfect, perfect grapes for uh, put the stem. But it's very interesting, and it's interesting to work differently in Fleury and in Volnay. It's a different award, different uh, cépage, and the winemaking is different. And we uh, don't have the same temperature in Fleury. We, we, the temperature of fermentation, the maximum is 27, 28 degrees. Uh, never, because we, we have the best fruit, best balance at this temperature. Really? Really, yes. So you ferment colder in Fleury than Colder than in Volnay, yes. Is that normal? Is that people normally do that? Or? I think, yeah. But and, uh, when we, we taste, the fermentation is, uh, is different and it's uh, more easy to ferment uh, with uh, a maximum 28. Yes. It's, uh, because it's more consistent, like cause, uh, the way that it the, ferments? The consistency of the, the, the grapes and the, the juice is, uh, is different. And for, uh, yes, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Sí, yes. So does it look different? Like, does the color of the juice look different when it's fermenting or the consistency of the juice? It's very, it's more easy for tasting the juice uh, from the gamay of granite. We have uh, many flowers with the juice, the balance. It's very easy to, to drink juice uh, of gamay. Uh, the, the juice of Pinot Noir is more close, uh, more, uh, not the same fruit. Uh, and during the fermentation, it's more easy. We have a lot of fruit. It's a very uh, fresh uh, niche for, for tasting. Uh, so how does it compare to the gamay that you work with for the pasta gran? It's a very different. Pasta gran is a very uh, enjoy wine, uh, more easy. And with uh, the fleury, we have a very uh, great wine with a big potential. But uh, it's uh, possible to always is very good. You can drink young and you can keep uh, for a long time. And uh, it's a very uh, a complete uh, wine. I see. So you you don't really recommend aging the pasta gran. But if or if uh, for me I, I don't keep if you keep pasta gran it's very good but it's not uh, necessary uh, many wives necessary to to keep a long time but with a bourgogne pasta exception always is very good and now uh, a 13 or 12 is very very good for drinking and uh, but if you have uh, people keep uh, pastoral for uh, all uh, 10 years, uh, it's very good. But it's not necessary to, uh, to wait for drinking. And at what temperature do you ferment the pastoral? 31 or? No, the pastoral, yes, uh, 30, 31. So it's really a different kind of ferment for ferment, yes. Flurry. Wait, exactly. So it must be very exciting for you. Uh, like yes, a whole new exactly. adventure. It's new. It's a, a new project and it's fabulous. Yes, it's, uh, yes. So what do you think so far in terms of fermenting the fleuries? What are some of the really important things to keep in mind when you're approaching it that maybe are different than the Volnay? Because we, we take the history and the beginning of the 20th century, the Beaujolais fermenting in open vat with pillage, uh, remontage for uh, the best expression uh, of the terroir. And after uh, the, the Second World in the 50, we have the apparition of the carbonic maturation and semi-carbonic. We have the more facility, more expression of the cépage. Uh, yeah. Look, it's a difference. And uh, we, we study the history and we say, with the terroir we have, with the method of culture biodynamic, it's uh, best to have the very good expression of terroir and wine and uh, uh, wine have a very good style and uh, wine with a very deep and a very uh, potential for keeping with a lot of pleasure. So you wanted to go back to that older style, not to uh, semi-carbonic. Exactly. Hmm? Well, we, we adapt in the terroir and in the, in the grapes, yes. But it must be very interesting to vinify in a different cellar. Yes, it's a very, very exciting and very passionate and for the reflection is uh, fabulous. So are there things you've learned about your cellar in Volnay from working in a different cellar? Has it made you realize something? Uh, no, not yet for the moment. But uh, but for the press, uh, before Fleury, if you don't have the opportunity to have a vertical press, you don't have the idea of that. But là, we, we found uh, the possibility to have uh, old press in Volnay too, in complete pneumatic press, yes. So it's uh, the idea of the two domains, yes. So you're fairly early in with biodynamics because 97, you start your experiments. That's when Domaine Le Fleuve 
switched in 97. So it was kind of Lalu Bizlawa, Domaine Lefleve as sort of the the first start, and then you came right after, right? And uh, before the uh, before the beginning of the 90, and Claude Lefleve uh, made a try uh, with uh, conventional, bio, uh, organic, and biodynamic the same parcel, and I taste the wine with uh, and Claude with Dominique Lafont too, and uh, she stopped very very early the conventional, and she continued uh, organic and biodynamic, and uh, I, when I taste uh, all the vintage biodynamic, we have more purity, best expression of wine, and uh, I think it's very good, and uh, I will try, and I began in uh, 97, uh, and I think it's a very good philosophy, good method for the, for the wine and for the, the future, yes. The, with the biodynamic, we have more purity and more elegance, and the, the terroir is more present. And always you have a very good uh, balance between the phenolic, sugar maturity and the acidity. And, and now, after the vintage, very solar vintage as 2003 and two, we say with biodynamic, we, we have a very good maturity sugar with complete phenolic maturity and with a good acidity. And we, we, we don't have very, very high maturity for us a good phenolic maturity. And so it's very important. So in the hot vintages, it's been helpful to you? To, yes. And, and when we have a difficult vintage with a climatic alias, uh, it's, a very, it's more easy with biodynamic too, yes. And it's really not possible to talk to Lafarge without talking about Alagote because you make a, a good one. So tell me a little bit about the Raison Doré. We have lucky because my grandfather plant uh, this aligoté with a selection massal of uh, the domain uh, 77 years old and it's a very good selection of aligoté doré. Donc, aligoté doré is a selection of a type of aligoté and this type of aligoté give little grapes and maturité, the grapes are very golden. And, uh, and we have the other type of aligoté, the green aligoté and green aligoté produce big grapes and aligoté with a lot of uh, acidity. But uh, we we are lucky, and Aligoté Doré is uh, the maturity of Aligoté is later than the maturity of Pinot and Chardonnay, and with uh, global warming at the end of the harvest, the maturity of Aligoté Doré is not uh, perfect, and we harvest uh, the Aligoté Doré between eight to 12, 15 days after the end of the harvest, when the phenolic maturity of the Aligoté Doré is perfect, and. Uh, very good grapes and aligoté is a old cepage of Burgundy and he stay in Burgundy and uh, is a, he give a wine uh, with a lot of charm, very good aroma, very good balance and always is very good. When you are in bottle, uh, you, you open and you have a lot of pleasure and if you keep, uh, it's a very, very good. In summer, we keep with Chantal and the and children and the uh, Aligoté Raisin Doré 2009 and it's uh, wonderful today, yes. But if, if you drink young, it's uh, very good too. That's very surprising that you harvest it the last, uh, that, yeah. that's the last thing you harvest. But uh, it's necessary to choose the best, uh, the best moment uh, with uh, the best uh, phenolic maturity for, uh, yes. And many people uh, uh, discover Aligoté, and it's a very uh, good charm, and you have a, a lot of a little uh, vivacity with a freshness, and it's a very uh, tonic wine, and uh, yes. What percentage of Aligoté in Burgundy would you predict is Doré? 
I don't know, but uh, now uh, many domains uh, in Bouzeron, uh, Pierre de Benoît have uh, only uh, aligoté doré, and uh, his aligoté uh, in Bouzeron is uh, merveilleux. I, he's a very good friend, and uh, I love uh, his Bouzeron uh, too. And I say in a morceau Anne Moret, have aligoté doré, Sylvain Pataille, uh, made aligoté doré in Marsanet too. Uh, And but uh, many young domain or young people is interested with a very good aligoté doré, and it's very very good for the Bourgogne. So, do you think that as global warming becomes more pronounced, that there might be more interest in aligoté doré? Yes, it, I see. That's very interesting. Yes, we have uh, with the global warming, we have aligoté with very good maturity and important uh, maturity phenolic, very very complete. We have aligoté with. Uh, Uh, very good structure, good, uh, very good balance with good potential. And so when you drink Aligoté Doré, do you uh, decant it or do you just pour from the bottle? Or? Not, uh, no, I not decant, but uh, I open uh, a little moment avant and uh, not and a very uh, fresh temperature. Not very, very cold, but a fresh temperature and we are very uh, enjoy wine. Because that's how you might appreciate a good white burgundy too, right? Yes, Like exactly. not too cold. And exactly. Is that because it's harder to get the texture if you do it too cold? Yes, a very good texture. And uh, we have the, a good aroma and uh, the best temperature with uh, 10, uh, 11 degrees. It's very good uh, for me. And uh, it's a wine with a very, very good uh, energy. What's the difference between vinifying Chardonnay and Aligoté? Uh, but Chardonnay, we ferment uh, in barrel, but Aligoté, we ferment a part in barrel and a part in, uh, in vat. It's different. In terms of the, the grapes themselves, does one have more malic acidity or is uh, more sensitive to oxidation? Or? Vivacity uh, in the mouth is, uh, is different. I could definitely see that. It doesn't have the weight of Chardonnay, but it has more lift. Yes. So if I may ask you, uh, have there been vintages in your career that were really noticeable vintages, either because you learned something or because they were very challenging or because they were quite good? Or? I think the, the most uh, creative vintage, the interesting vintage for me is uh, 2003 because it's a very particular vintage uh, during the season. And uh, in August, it's necessary to have a very, very good... Uh, we prepare many times for the harvest uh, at the end of July before uh, holiday. And uh, we speak with my father during the holiday and we, we stop the holiday and we wine making uh, very quickly. And we have a new picker because uh, it's difficult. And uh, we went making in summer with a very, very early maturity. So it's a creative vintage. We made when making, we, we harvest just the morning because we have in summer, the afternoon is uh, very hot for the grape and for the picker. And uh, we when making very, very different, very soft when making. It's a very creative uh, when making for me because all is new. Nobody has a winemaking uh, in summer with, uh, with uh, this temperature. Uh, it's uh, new. So we, we adapt uh, and we, we taste. We, 
we exchanged with my father, with my wife, and we we made a wine uh, very good with a good balance, but with the winemaking uh, very short and uh, not too hot. Uh, it's uh, very very uh, different, and the the creative uh, of the vintage is uh, fabulous for me. And now when we taste the vintage, is uh, extraordinary because we have uh, not the solaire type. Uh, we have uh, with the vine was young, but we have the the quality of the terroir with a, a vintage with a great potential and always is very good. We can drink the O3 uh, one year after bottling is very good and now at uh, 13 years is very good and in 10, 20 years always is very good. It's a, a fabulous vintage but uh, during the, the summer in August uh, we we the reflection very, very quickly how we, we made. <laughs> Frédéric Lafarge works in a 13th century cellar, but is still willing to get creative with the wines and the winemaking today. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, Olivier. Frédéric Lafarge of Domaine Michel Lafarge in Volnay in Burgundy. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L, drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening.